0: Find time in the in the day and um, around my family to fit it in. I spend a lot of time on the trainer just because I don't want to miss out on anything at home.
1: That's Triathlon Show, Episode 37. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on this week's episode, or sorry, today's episode, we are going to have another interview after a couple of solo episodes in the last few episodes. So uh, it's good to have this bit of variety. And now we're going back to, to an interview format again. This time, my guest is Amy Farrell, who is uh, an Ironman age group world champion. And uh, she's uh, working as a PE teacher and she's a mom and has a lot of things going on. So uh, I Googled around to find some guest that would be relatable for listeners. So regular age groupers was what I was looking for. And with the aim of finding somebody who could talk about time management for age groupers. And uh, I found Amy... In an article on Man and after she had won her age group at the World Championships in Kona, Hawaii, and she agreed to come on the podcast, which is great. And uh, the interview is an interview that I think that many of you will be able to relate to because, as I said, Amy works works a full-time job and, and she has a family, a mom and other commitments outside of triathlon. And she talks a lot about not just trying to cram it all in, but finding balance and uh, finding balance with the other areas of your life as well. So uh, I'm sure that this is useful. This has been a requested topic from many of you. Time management and in surveys that I've done as well, time management is always one of the biggest issues that, that us age groupers face. And it's uh, definitely my biggest issue personally as well. So I found a lot of use in this interview. So I'm actually in a bit of a hurry. I'm heading away from Helsinki today the day that I record this is the 21st of June I'm going to Gotland which is a a big island off the coast of Sweden where I'll be participating in the NatWest Island Games which is kind of like the Island Olympics I don't know if I talked about this but my home region of Finland is uh, an island that is actually geographically speaking closer to Sweden than Finland which is why I'm Swedish speaking as well And uh, anyway, so that island has a partial autonomy. So a lot of islands like that, including Jersey, Isle of Wight, uh, Bermuda, and uh, what have you, Guernsey. you have a lot of islands that are participating. It's the biggest games after the Summer Olympics, even bigger than the Winter Olympics in terms of participants. And the triathlon is pretty competitive, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, anyway, I'm traveling to that race and my boat to, back to Åland where I will be traveling with the squad to Sweden and then to Gotland, which is the island where the games will be held this year, leaves in a couple of hours. So I'm just trying to keep this intro and the outro short. The interview was conducted yesterday and you will be hearing this a week or so later. Anyway, I'll be back with you after the interview with some key takeaways. All right, on this episode of That Triathlon Show, I'm welcoming Amy Ferrell to the show. Amy, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: Really good. Just woke up, but uh, slowly starting to get my brains working. So hopefully I won't say too many stupid things in in this interview, but I'll let you do <laughs> most of the talking.
0: Oh, good. So, well, I'm at, I'm at the end of my day, so I'll probably um, sound a little confused too.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, scientifically, you're probably worse off than me if you <laughs> think about what research says about when your brain is working better and, and not working so good. So uh, just to give the listeners a brief background of who you are, where, what do you do at the moment, and, and what, what's your triathlon journey been like so far in your life?
0: Oh, Okay, well, I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. So this weekend, I just did my first uh, race in that new age group at Syracuse 70.3. But I started triathlon when I was 23. I did uh, Kona was my first Ironman. And I got blown off my bike there, but finished fourth in my age group. And then the next year, I did Ironman Lake Placid and qualified for Kona again, but I got blown off my bike in Kona and DNF, so that was 2002 was my uh, last Kona. And then I raced one year as a pro, and then decided it was time to get married and start a family. And I worked for several years and got away from triathlon, and got back into it in 2009 when they started... uh, I hadn't heard about 70.3 worlds, and I love the half Ironman distance, so I got back into it to do 70.3 worlds, and that year I won my age group, and I I brought my daughter Ruby along with me, so that was pretty fun. But Then, let's see, I got out of the sport for a couple more years after that, and then when they started doing 70.3 worlds in Vegas, I thought that would be a... A fun thing to do, but I got there and it was really crazy hot. And after I, I was, I think I finished fourth in my age group at 2012 70.3 Worlds. But it was so hot that I figured that I should go back to Kona because Kona was about 30 degrees cooler and I could handle it. So in 2013, I qualified for Kona and at Eagle Man 70.3. So Kona was my first Ironman in like 10 years, and I was fourth in my age group that year and went back the next year and won my age group. And then in 2015, I won Ironman Lake Placid, and let's see, last year I won Ironman North Carolina, and now I'm qualified for Kona for 2017.
1: Yeah, perfect. Thank you for that, and uh, and that's how I found out about you from your winning your age group at, at Kona. I was just basically googling around for athletes that are managing uh, jobs and and uh, training on a high level for triathlon, basically time management, because that's uh, one of the most requested topics that I get for the show. And uh, your name popped up in an in an Ironman article that we'll link to in the show notes as well. And uh, as you say, you're now no longer racing pro, you're an age grouper, and you have a job and a family, so talk a little bit more about that, what do you do for a living, and uh, and what does your family life look like?
0: Okay, well, I'm a physical education teacher here in Tupper Lake, New York, and I also coach our high school's cross-country and indoor track teams, coach a few triathletes, and uh, for the last seven years, I have owned and run uh, a seasonal motel. So that's been quite an adventure that hopefully we're coming to the end of. <laughs> I wasn't doing triathlon when we bought the motel, and then I really got back into it. And uh, that's my, my true love, not not cleaning motel rooms. But I have a 13-year-old daughter and a husband, and they are both sort of adrenaline junkies. My husband coaches snowboarding, and my daughter is a mogul skier. She also runs and plays volleyball, and we have four dogs. So there's always a lot of stuff going on, and uh, not a lot of sitting still here.
1: Uh, so what does a typical day look like for you?
0: I get up really early, usually for a biker run. Then when it's like in the fall, when it's peak Ironman time, I get up about 3.30, 3.45. Spend some time on the bike before work because I only have a small window to work out between school and practice with my cross country team. So, so I do that. We uh, swimming-wise, I usually have to stay in the lakes up here until almost until the beginning of October because we don't have a lot of pools around. So it's about an hour round trip to get to a pool. So swimming, I'm I'm usually in the lake until October. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm up pretty early and, uh, and also up kind of late too. But I just, you know, kind of find, find time in the, in the day and around my family to fit it in. I spend a lot of time on the trainer just because I don't want to miss out on anything at home. And, uh, and if my husband's working, I don't want to be too far away from my daughter if she needs anything. So lots and lots of trainer time, lots of treadmill time. Mm.
1: So do you, you work out mostly in the morning and then how long do you work for uh, during the day and, and what do you do in the evening? Do you have a second workout in the evening often or, or is that uh, that time reserved for family?
0: Well, I usually I work from 7.30 until um, until about 3 o'clock, but I have a, a period where I, I monitor our school's fitness room. So I do get to run a little bit there and then I run with my cross-country kids so usually there's a, another afternoon workout um, or an evening swim, um, and I try and find lifting in during my fit lifting in during my lunch break. I have four dogs, so I do a lot of running with them, either in the in the morning or the evenings. And how
1: long have you been working as, uh, as a PE teacher for? Has that always been your career path for as long as you've been working?
0: It has. I I started teaching adaptive phys ed. My First year out of college. So there was one year that I spent working part time jobs when I moved to the Adirondacks, but spent seventeen years of teaching.
1: Okay. Okay. So you so you have become fairly it's become a routine for you to fit all in around because I, I guess that wherever you have been teaching it has been kind of similar what you do and, and how you how you can do it.
0: Yes. And uh, and I've been lucky to have principals and coworkers that are very supportive and an understanding about me leaving for races or uh, getting on getting on the treadmill before school is out so, so that's yeah. been nice
1: how long do you sleep each night if you get up at uh, that early hour <laughs>
0: um, well, I'm not up I'm up that early probably three or four days a week so uh, I'm not a big sleeper my, my mother's not a big sleeper so I, I feel like it's kind of our thing um, so I'm like six maybe seven hours if I'm lucky. Mm,
1: but you feel, you you don't feel any detrimental effects from it. You feel feel refreshed when you when you wake up and so on or
0: Yeah, yeah. It takes okay. a little coffee in the morning, but um <laughs> but I but my energy level is, is typically good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. What so are there some things that are on a a big picture in a big picture overview of time management that you have found to be the most useful in getting uh, getting all your training in and training at a high level uh, throughout your triathlon life whether it's now racing at an age group level or when you were racing pro
0: um well it's so different now i'm when i was racing pro i think i was 24 25 years old um so recovery and really taking care of myself was Wasn't that hard? Um, But now I spend—I mean, I spend—I probably go to the chiropractor every couple of weeks, and uh, I've got a great chiropractor that takes good care of me. So, so that's that's something that's important. Sitting down and getting in the recovery boots is good because then I'm locked in for 30 minutes. I have to sit down, and my family is pretty understanding about helping out with these NormaTec
1: recovery boots. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I can't afford those because I'm a public school teacher. <laughs> I actually have a like an off-brand from Amazon.
1: Okay, and you find that they work?
0: Yeah, they and they were I think less than three hundred dollars. But once yeah. the, this
1: I, I think that a normatic will be too expensive for even the CEOs listening or many of them. So. So it's yes. uh, interesting to hear about alternatives to them because um, yeah, I've read uh, read up on that kind of technology and it seems really solid.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because this summer I was, before I went back to school, I was training for Ironman North Carolina and I guess it was getting some better recovery than when I went to school and I was standing all day. But once I got back to school, I was like, I, I have to order a pair of those boots and um, it really does help. And I, I think part of it is just, getting a solid 30 minutes of sitting still Hmm. but i have i have a a few friends that have ordered different off brands and and they've had great luck with them so
1: yeah so so yeah sorry i interrupted your listing uh, some other main things that that you have found important so did you have anything else that you were about to to talk about
0: for me i think the biggest thing is not taking it too seriously. My coach is very understanding and he knows that my family comes first. So if there's a day when I have to adjust a workout or I can't get it in that, you know, because I, I want to do something with my daughter or be there for something important with the family, then, we, then that takes priority. And the first couple of years that I got back into Ironman distance racing, it was really hard for me to figure that out. But now if she has a sleepover, I'll just get, and I have a long ride, I'll, I'll get on my trainer and stay inside so I can be here to make pancakes in the morning. But I really think, you know, realizing that, that triathlon is something that we do for fun and not not really, it is it is a pretty central part of my life, but it's not the driving force.
1: Yeah, and it might cause additional stress if uh, if you don't have that balance, That is, uh, even though you may be get more training in and like can train at a pro level uh, quote unquote you the, the extra stress that it that it causes you if, you if you don't have that balance might just cause you to not absorb the training the way you should anyway so so i think that's a very important point to make that that you need that balance and in your life to to actually be able to get anything out of the training yeah. so you may you have a coach have you how long have you been coached
0: well, I actually hired my first triathlon coach, I think, about nine months before my first race. Um, so right out of college, I found someone who is this woman, Martha Grinnell, who was a pro triathlete at the time, um, and she was an amazing mentor, and I worked with her for about three years. And so since I came back this time, I've been working with my coach, Julio German, since 2011. And it's been really fun because we were one of my teammates, and I have, are kind of the guinea pigs. So it's it's been neat to see the evolution of his programs and and the different stuff that he's trying out with us.
1: Is he local to you, or is it mostly remotely that you do?
0: Uh, he's about five hours away, so most of my training I'm I'm doing either alone or uh, I have a pretty trusty running dog that I do most of my running workouts with, but my team there's there's a pretty large team down in westchester new york so they're about five hours a day away and i get down there occasionally to to train with them but mostly it's remotely
1: okay is uh, coaching something that you've found actually gives you some time back that you would otherwise use to plan out your training or because i i know that for me at least that and that's one of the main things that I found that actually surprised me a bit, or I hadn't thought about it when i when I first got a coach that hey, this frees up so much time that I would usually have spent planning out my training in meticulous detail many hours per month, many, many yeah. hours and and now I'm free. Is that something that you've found as well?
0: Yes, yeah. and i I just <laughs> like <laughs> I like having to be accountable to to somebody else because I have a few athletes that i'm I coach myself. So I am still writing the programs, but but I I like the stuff that he comes up with, and um, I feel like he's he's a little bit more innovative with my programs than I would be with myself. And definitely pushes me a little further than I would I would do. But it's it's just a, a great relationship, and and yeah, I think time wise, I would probably second guess myself all the time, so I'd always be rewriting the program. Hmm.
1: How much training do you do when you when you prepare for an Ironman for example what's your weekly volume
0: Probably 20 to 22 18 to 22 for the peak weeks Yeah Yeah
1: And uh, what does that uh, training consist of uh, in terms of uh, intensity and uh, easy longer stuff can you give um, a brief overview of that
0: So usually there I do four rides a week uh, two of them are higher quality, the long the long ride, and then a midweek high-quality ride. Running-wise, I run four days a week, and two of them are pretty high quality. And then swimming, swimming when I'm doing open-water swimming, which is mostly June to October, is just uh, getting out in the lake and trying to push myself and stay in as long as I can.
1: Mm, okay. So, but but all of them are. You're always trying to push yourself then because swimming is it's easy to just plod along and not really get any faster or even lose fitness if you have a high baseline level. But you're actually even though you maybe not have specific sets there that you're doing in the open water in the lake, you are really try, trying to go go hard. Is do I understand that correctly?
0: Yes. A lot of times that doesn't work, and I do just plod along. But it's uh, swimming is definitely a challenge. Of mine.
1: so when you mentioned that you uh, you coach other athletes as well do they have uh, or i guess they do have similar like issues that that all of us age group athletes have with managing their time What what do you tell them about how how do you support them to to try to fit it all in and find a good balance
0: that's a great question because we've really been dealing with that a lot with with i have two athletes doing their first ironmans and And family always comes first because you don't want to, if you're out on the bike and you're feeling guilty or you feel like you should be with your family, then it's, your mind isn't there and it's hard to get your body there and, and stay on the bike for five or six hours. So they know that it's not the end all be all. And, uh, and they'll get the work in and, and they'll be fine on race day. So, so we've been, I've been really trying to impart that to my athletes is that, you know, if they're out there and they're not feeling good about it, and they want to be with their family, then that's where they should be. So, lots of sometimes there's mm, okay. long, Excellent. long trainer rides. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think that's that's fairly common, and and people would, with families just need to get used to that, and and you will get used to that, and find find ways to make it work, find something entertaining on Netflix or, or something, and and get <laughs> through it. But it's uh, it's um, it's a bit of a compromise of course to if you have to do those long trainer rides but but then again it is so much faster not just that you don't need to you can train for a bit shorter than you would otherwise because it's more effective since you're not coasting at all yep. and then also not having to clean your bike after a rainy ride or, or anything so so much less prep going into it and and after yeah. the ride
0: as well Yeah. yeah you don't have to stop and figure out where to get water you know you can line up six water bottles and, and be fine so a lot of time and i i mean my coach writes some pretty good workouts so so usually a five-hour ride inside i doesn't really bother me
1: <laughs> okay that's, that's good that's and good that's good
0: you... i do love the netflix so <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> what's your favorite show on netflix or or do you watch films more than shows
0: shows well last year Training for North Carolina. I think I went through all of Gilmore Girls, and that was a really good one because I have a teenage daughter. Some of them I can't. I Parenthood I got really into, but then I would start crying on the bike, so I had to stop watching that. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I have to play around with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: I think that that's actually covered a lots of what I wanted to. To go through in terms of time management and also I was going to ask you about the mindset around uh, do you have anything, I mean one thing that's clear is that part of the mindset is definitely finding that balance and, and family comes first, that's been clear do you have anything else uh, in terms of the mindset of, around training that uh, that you have found that, that you use and, uh, and that helps you get the training done? A
0: huge thing for me is, is the idea that this is something that we get to do we don't have to do it, and you really do have to have fun with it. I feel like I'm—I've worked in in retail with triathlon quite a bit, and I feel like people come in and—and and we're just—we're amateurs. This isn't our job, so so don't take it too seriously and have fun with it. So I think that that's a pretty important thing that I've always found, in, even as a runner in high school. I was on a on a start line with one of my best friends, and I was all nervous, and she said, Amy, this isn't the Olympics, <laughs> and it totally changed my perspective going into the race, and, and it's I think the have-to versus get-to is very important. Yeah,
1: and uh, try to get to that point and realizing that before you have a serious injury or something because that's uh, only after i was out for nine months from, from running when i realized that endurance sport is something that i get to do uh, since i started to realize that after missing it for so long and obviously it would have been better to realize it all along but uh, and hopefully the listeners can can try to get to that that point before they have that kind of injury and and, and really start to miss miss the the training and everything that that comes with it yeah. any any other parting yet? pieces of of wisdom for time management for the listeners of the show that you have Mm,
0: just don't be afraid to wake up too early
1: (laughs) yeah no that's uh that's a great great advice and i was just a couple of days ago talking about this with with one of my athletes and and also that that the quality generally is but at least when you compare like training at 5 a.m in the morning versus uh, 8 p.m in the evening that's um, definitely the former one is the, is the preference uh, because the body goes to sleep
0: it's uh, so so hard to get on on a bike or or try and do a quality run and the i just can't get myself to do it and i occasionally i do have to but but get, hmm. knocking it out early is, is usually the best bet. It's funny, yeah. uh, my athletes that are training for Lake Placid came to Syracuse to watch some of us race last weekend, and they headed out for their 100-mile ride at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I have so much respect for them because I think it's so much harder to do it that way, and they got their work done, so I was hmm. a proud coach.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. And uh, and one thing that that I could add about this getting up early is uh, for people saying that they're not morning persons and uh, having a hard time getting their head around getting up at four PM four a.m. Or, or five a.m. Or, or at any early hour that they're not used to, just try to. Try to wake up for for ten days at that early hour, and and then after that you will be a morning person because you will yeah. by default be so tired at, at ten p.m. that you that you can't stay up to until midnight. That maybe you have been used to, so so that will definitely make you a morning person. And then you'll you'll definitely get used to it fast. Yeah. And another thing that I would add is that a wake up light that uh, gradually increases the the level of, of light in your room. That's a great way to wake up and feel feel refreshed i found that
0: oh, that has yeah.
1: worked wonders
0: yeah but that's okay funny what you say about 10 p.m because at 10 p.m that's where my daughter and my husband are both like you need to go to bed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know <laughs> mm.
1: Okay, thanks, Amy. I just have three rapid-fire questions for you before we end uh, this interview. Okay. So let's start with, what's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon?
0: So I have two very good friends that have amazing blogs. Uh, Sonjuek is com, and then Mary Eggers. And those they're the two women that whenever I have a question, that's who I go to first. So those are my... They're, they're my people. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's good. Those are, those are new. Yeah. Uh, we tend to get often quite similar answers, so, but those are new. They, they haven't been mentioned before.
0: <laughs> um,
1: what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment?
0: Oh, um, I can't live without Hoka's anymore because um, I have a little arthritis in one of my knees. So uh, probably Hoka Clifton's and Hoka Clayton's.
1: And finally... What's a personal habit that's uh, helped you achieve success?
0: I eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what do you like on your pizza? Uh,
0: I'll do pretty much anything, but usually my pre rice pizza is uh, just cheese and mushrooms. But it's funny—I've got, I mean, so many people trying to get me to try these different diets. And like, Are you crazy? I couldn't eat pizza. Like, no, all the gluten. <laughs> Yeah,
1: don't get on a diet bandwagon unless you have to. (laughs) Agnostic healthy eating. We talked about that before on the show. Uh, Yeah, I I like like pizza as well. I don't eat that too much, but after important races. So I actually was competing in the nationals uh, for a sprint distance uh, this last uh, Saturday. And and then after that, uh, my sister was there supporting me. So I was giving her a ride back home and she said that I can get my pizza from close to where she lives and uh, and then I said no, I want to get it from uh, from the place close to where I live because I like uh, locally produced food.
0: <laughs> but uh,
1: that was weird, uh, uh, tongue in cheek. All right, uh, th- thank you, Amy, so much for for this uh, this interview. It's been uh, great and uh, a requested topic, as I said, with time management and and also some really important uh, things about about balance and. And, and prioritizing so i think that's the listeners will find this uh, really helpful
0: okay good yeah don't take yourself too seriously that's very important
1: <laughs> don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> all right uh, thanks amy we'll talk to you later
0: okay Bye. thank you Bye.
1: all right hope you found that interview with amy farrell valuable i think that it's uh, great to have somebody like amy on the show who is actually very relatable for most listeners that does the whole full-time job and being a mom and a parent and and uh and a wife and everything while combining that with triathlon and she does so at a very high level but uh takes a very balanced approach to it and doesn't stress about it so yep it was very very in my opinion, a very sound and sensible approach that she has has to triathlon and time management, and hopefully you can apply some of the knowledge that she imposed upon us in in your own life, and you're getting your triathlon training done, like in a manner that that is balanced but still efficient and committed. So that's basically all that I have to say. My key take- takeaways from this episode were those that I just mentioned, and you will find the show notes on that thattriathlonshow.com again since i'm traveling they might be a day or two late but they will be there and of course you can go back and have a look at uh, show notes from previous episodes actually the the last few episodes on uh, warming up and cooling down i think they've been i've enjoyed and enjoyed researching them and and making those episodes so i think that those are episodes that i would highly recommend that you go back and listen to and then you go to the show notes and have a look at them because there will be like great links and uh, on the warm-up episode I will have those protocols for effective race warm-ups and so on so I would highly recommend that you go and have a look at that all right so that's about it for this show if you enjoy the show I'd really love it if you send me an email and say hi and tell me that you like the show because that that is what keeps me going the feedback that I get from uh, from you listeners and of course if you have any questions you can ask them and I'll answer you on an email but also hopefully if it's okay with you I can answer them on the podcast so that everybody can benefit my email address is michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k you can also follow me on twitter and uh, hit me up on twitter and my handle is at sci-triath. thank you so much for listening this show is nothing without you the listener keep training smart and keep loving triathlon